Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast that covers the daily events of all the European royal families. Today, we're going to be talking about the events and catching up on the events from July 16th, Thursday, and today's events, uh, July 17th. So, let's get started with the Belgian royal family. Thursday, Queen Mathilde visited the Youth Start Belgium Summer Camp, which is a summer day camp for young adults who are considered NEETs, which means not employed in education or in any training programs. Um, So this is what commonly in America we refer to as unemployed, but they're also not in education or training programs. Um, And so this camp focuses on um, teaching entrepreneurial skills so that these people, um, these young adults can become entrepreneurs and create their own, um, life, which is so cool. Um, so Matilde got to have her visit, um, speak with some of the attendees and learn about all of their experiences during this camp. So I think that is like a really cool, um, event and a really cool camp to have in existence. I think that's just awesome. Um, So that was yesterday on the 16th. And then today, July 17th, uh, King Philippe met with the newly appointed Belgium, Belgian chief of defense uh, in an audience, uh, greeting him to his new posting and talking about, I would assume the, um, armed forces in Belgium. Uh, and so that was today. And then there was, I don't even know how to really talk about this. There was like this really cryptic post, um, that was a video of Philippe meeting with some famous Belgian person, um, saying, stay tuned on to see what we release. Nothing has been released of that yet. I'm sure I'll talk about it when it gets released. But as of right now, I have no idea what that means. But it happened today. Um, And so that is what was going on in Belgium. There's going to be a big week next week for for the Belgian royal family with National Day and Philippe's enthronement anniversary. Um, So we will talk a lot more about Belgium next week. But for now, let's move on to the British royals. Thursday, uh, the Prince of Wales attended the graduation ceremony for the Royal Air Force. So he was back in uh, England visiting uh, this, uh, it's the RAF Cornwell, Cronwell, sorry, excuse me, um, which was celebrating its 100th anniversary. Um, So he Um, presided over the graduation ceremony. And the last time he did this was actually when 
the now Duke of Cambridge, then Prince William, graduated from his Royal Air Force training. Um, So that is very fantastic. It was great to see him doing that. Um, And it, it was mostly quiet because... So I still can't quite figure out when this was, um, but Queen Elizabeth's granddaughter, Princess Beatrice, had her wedding. It was very secretive, um, and her wedding was supposed to be in May, but was postponed due to COVID, um, and given kind of everything going on, it just became easier for them to go ahead and get married, um, so they did that with Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip in attendance, as well as, I'm sure, um, Beatrice's sister, Eugenie, and her parents, uh, the Duke of York, and, um, Sarah Ferguson, so, I'll talk about that more probably over on Tuesday's episode um, because I think official pictures are going to get released tomorrow. So we'll talk some more about that on the weekend coverage to give us something to chat about. Um, But I think the wedding was Thursday, but maybe it was this morning. I don't actually know. Um, And so with that, we are going to move on to today, July 17th which is a day I have been waiting for all week. Um, It was a much anticipated day as Queen Elizabeth is back on the scene for the most part. Um, And she conducted the investiture ceremony for Captain Tom Moore. On this podcast, I have talked about Captain Tom a lot um, because he has just done an incredible thing. Um, so when coronavirus started, he decided that he was going to walk. I should also mention that Captain Tom is 100 years old. Um, he was 99 when he started this adventure, but turned 100 in April or May. Um, and so he decided that he was going to walk with the goal of raising for the NHS, which is the UK's healthcare service. And so he did that. And then over the course of the entire time he's been doing this, he ended up raising 32 million pounds for the NHS. After raising a substantial amount of money, he started to receive some recognition, um, from all of the UK and specifically the royal family. And then a month or so ago, it was announced that he would be um, knighted and that ceremony has happened today. So this is a historic thing for several reasons. Um, But before I get, I just want to acknowledge the fact that this is a 100-year-old man who has been doing what he can to help his country. Um, And I just, like, of course he's going to get honored for it, but I'm so glad that he was recognized. Like, that his story made enough impact on the UK that the royal family recognized what he was doing. Because this very could have 
this could have very easily been ignored and it hasn't been. Um, and so at the ceremony, uh, Captain Moore was accompanied by some of his family members. It looks like about three members of his family. Um, it was performed outside in the quadrangle of Windsor Castle, which is where, um, Queen Elizabeth has been spending her quarantine lockdown. Um, and so the reason I mentioned that this is historic, um, I saw a post somewhere today that was, this is the oldest recipient of a knighthood from the oldest monarch. It's the first one held outside. Um, and it, I just, this is a great way. I don't expect the queen to be quote unquote back by any means, but this is a great way to see her. Um, I talked about this in yesterday's episode too, where it's been really fun to watch her adapt to this new normal that we're all living in with Zoom calls. But this is such a big impact. Um, and Queen Elizabeth is famously quoted as saying, they can't believe in me if they don't see me. And so that has been really hard right now. Like we don't see her. I'm not a um, subject of the queen, but it, you kind of forgot she, I didn't forget, but like, it's true. She has to be seen to be believed in. And this is such a great way to be seen. Um, she's happy. She's doing, she's knighting a great man who has done a great thing for the services in his country um, and has served his country for very many years um, as he's retired from the military. Um, and it's just, it was a really great thing. And um, we'll get to this later, but like yesterday was a big downer day for me. Um, and today was just, there was something so beautiful about this. Um, and so I just wanted to put a spotlight on it really quickly. Um, because I just was very, um, I found it very nice to see this happen. Um, and so that is what started today. There were a few other things. Um, the Prince of Wales is back in Wales. Um, he left Wales, but is now back, um, where he visited a hospital, uh, the Yandovery hospital, um, and thanked the, uh, obviously frontline workers for their, um, for their services. And then also today was the Duchess of Cornwall's 73rd birthday. And to mark the occasion, um, Clarence House released two new pictures of Camilla, um, new official pictures, which are beautiful and in this like fantastic garden. Um, and it all around, just like the British Royals made me smile all day. Um, and so that is what was going on <laughs> over the past couple days with the British royal family. And now there was nothing going on in Denmark. So we are going to jump to the Dutch royals.
yesterday, on Thursday, July 16th, King Willem Alexander opened a museum exhibition titled Infected, which is a exhibition all about the outbreaks of infectious diseases throughout the world. Seems timely, right? <laughs> um, I was reading that when I was putting together the outline for today's episode, and I was like, wow, that seems timely. Um, and so this exhibit also um, includes information about the spread of the current um, pandemic that we are all living in, um, which has got to be interesting, and I have not seen or heard about any other um, museums or any other um, exhibits like this on COVID already. Um, Not that the whole thing is dedicated to COVID, but there is a piece of it included in the um, curation, which is very, very cool. Um, And so that was what was going on Thursday. And then today, uh, July 17th or Friday, King Willem Alexander, Queen Maxima, and their daughters, uh, Princess Catherine Amalia, uh, Princess of Orange, uh, Princess Alexia, and Princess Ariane participated in the annual summer photo session, um, which they have one of these in the winter as well on their winter vacation in Austria, um, and then they go, they do a summer uh, photo session where. Um, before they go off on their vacation, their private vacation. Um, And so they had that today. And can I just say, I'm going to start this by saying, I heart, I love a family in color coordinating outfits. They're just, it's so perfect. Um, So the color scheme of this photo session was white and blue, which is just amazing. Um, and it was just, it was very short. I was very surprised that they were having this, um, because a photo session is where you pose in front of a pool of photographers, which given social distancing and everything like that is not highly recommended at the moment. Um, but they did show some background on how that was done. Um, so each photographer slash journalist got their own little box to stand in. Um, and it was about, I would say probably like a meter, a meter and a half from the next journalist. So they tried to keep everyone safe. Um, there's typically like a press conference interview style thing, which they still did, but they did one interviewer at a time. Um, and then all the interviewers shared that information. Um, so it was just really great. I love these photo sessions. I put a video of the whole thing on the website, thedailyroyal.com, where you can um, watch it through YouTube. And it's it you just get to see the adorable family interactions, which are so cute. I love them all. Um, so that was a really fun thing to have today as well. And then that is what was going on in the Netherlands. And so now we are going to move on to Spain.
on Thursday morning, the morning of July 16th, the country of Spain. Um, so collaborations between government um, agencies and the royal family um, held a ceremony to honor the last count I checked um, 30,000 some Spaniards who lost their lives to the coronavirus. Um, so this is historical for a few reasons. Um, King Felipe, Queen Letizia, the Princess of Astorias, and Infanta Sofia were all present, um, as well as the Prime Minister of Spain and pretty much every member of the government um, and some international representatives as well. Um, but the reason that this is historic is this is actually the first ever publicly held morning event um, that is not based in a Catholic tradition. Uh, so it was a secular ceremony, um, which is the first of its kind. And so kind of some context, I don't want to go into a lot of it because I think the event is more important. Um, but some context is when Spain was in a dictatorship, they were forced to be a Catholic nation. Um, when the democracy came to fruition in the seventies, um, kind of late seventies, um, they became a secular country, but still based based firmly in the Catholic tradition. Um, and so the previous um, funerals, because that's what they were, were held in churches. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the 11M, um, which is March 11th um, mass funeral that was held in the cathedral across the plaza from the royal palace. Um, and that was kind of the most recent tragedy <laughs> um, for the Spanish people that had um, a, a public funeral like this. Um, but, to, but Thursday's service was very different. Um, it was held on the plaza of the um, Royal Palace. And um, everything was very socially distant. The only people who were close to each other in proximity was the Royal family. And that's because they lived together. Um, so they were allowed to be seated right next to each other. Everyone else was spaced to the appropriate distance, had masks on. Um, it was all very safe. Um, and so the ceremony, um, was very solemn, obviously. Um, you're, honoring 40,000 or so dead. Um, it included two speeches, one from a man who lost his brother, um, who was a journalist, to the pandemic, and then a um, representative from the medical profession. I believe she was a nurse, but I'm not 100% sure on that, so I don't want to be um, quoted as saying that. Um, and she gave a speech about <laughs> patients who are dying from coronavirus alone. Um, that was very, um, it was, it was very solemn, very emotional. Um, 
And then that was followed by a, um, uh, an offering of white roses to this flame that they had put in the middle of the plaza. Um, I don't know if it's going to be there permanently or anything like that. Um, but it is, it was a, a flame that was kind of the center of the ceremony. Um, and there was an offering of white roses led by King Felipe and the princess of Astorius. Uh, notably, this is something that's being talked about. Queen Letizia and Infanta Sophia did not. Um, and this is being, I don't want to talk about the politics of it, but it is, it, it was a, it was a necessary move to show the continuation of the monarchy. That's what I'll say about that because eventually we'll talk about everything else that's going on, I suspect. Um, and then Felipe gave his speech um, in which he talked about the the loss, but also the struggle of everyone. Um, everybody is don't want to say dealing with, but everybody is experiencing some kind of loss or grief. Um, and he, he pointed to that and, um, it was, (laughs) I'm having a hard time talking about it because I was very emotional watching it. I've watched it twice, one with, one with raw emotion and one to try and talk about it. Um, and each time I cry because, it's just, it's so sad. And it's, it's, it's sad everywhere. Um, and it just makes me think about everywhere and all the lives that are lost to this horrible thing. Um, and you know, it, it was a good speech, made me cry, still makes me cry. Um, I, and okay composure. So Felipe finished his speech and then the, um, so Felipe finished his speech and then the 400 people in attendance all participated in a minute of silence. So there were 400 people inside of the plaza and then there were several scattered in the areas around the, um, Royal Palace. There are some parks and, um, places where people were gathered with screens, um, as well as press and everything. And you could have heard a pin drop. It was so quiet. Um, and then everyone broke into applause to honor that. (laughs) Um, and it just felt like a moment where they were applauding the heroes of the pandemic applauding the country for getting doing what needed to be done to be back on track as much as they can be um and also just kind of like a release of emotion um and so that was the ceremony um it was really great i do have it linked also on the website if you want to watch it um it is obviously all in spanish there are a couple of things in english but it's directions um what's happening and then the minute of silence and so um i do have it linked i recommend like 
if you need to find a way to express grief about everything that is going on, that's what I found it useful for, um, other than talking about it on this podcast. Um, but I do think it's the, a really good thing to watch. Um, it's a beautiful ceremony if you feel like that would be helpful to your mental status. Um, and then, God, it's so hard to go from that to, like, <laughs> being happy again. But, um, so after the service, uh, King Felipe held an audience with the director general of the World Health Organization, who was in Spain to attend the ceremony. Um, so many foreign officials um, were there, representatives from the European Union, uh, I believe a representative from the United Nations. That could be wrong, but I do think that's true. Um, the director general of the World Health Organization um, were there for the ceremony. Um, and so... Uh, Felipe met with the director general of the world of who um, at Zarzuela, which is the offices for um, the royal household and Felipe and Leticia have their offices there as well. Um, And so that was the day on Thursday. And then today, King Felipe and Queen Leticia visited the Basque country, uh, which is an autonomous community in the north of Spain. And this is the 10th visit of the 14 communities, autonomous communities that Felipe and Leticia will be visiting. Um, So not included, there are 17 autonomous communities in Spain. Madrid is not included in in this quote-unquote tour of Spain um, because that's where Felipe and Leticia live and have been doing um, visits during the national lockdown. Um, And then there are two autonomous communities that I don't, I haven't read into this too much. There's a lot of other news going on in Spain that I need to be paying attention to, but these two autonomous communities are on mainland Africa continent. Um, And while they are very close in proximity to Spain, they are also in extremely close proximity to Morocco. And I think there is some contest about who actually has rights to those two communities. So the government of Spain decided that Felipe and Letizia will not be visiting so as to not provoke anger from either side. Um, And so in the Basque country, we're going to move back up north where they were today. Uh, Felipe and Letizia started the day in Bilbao, um, visiting the Guggenheim Museum, where they visited the works of the artist Olafur Lyason, who is a Danish-Icelandic artist. And then they also saw an exhibition um, called Learning Through Art 2020. Um, And then they held a meeting with business representatives from the Basque country about the impact of coronavirus on the Basque business network. Um, And then they traveled to the um, city of Vitoria, where they visited the uh, San Prudencio de Vitoria Gastis Foundation, where they learn, where they toured the foundation and specifically the muscu- musculoskeletal center, um, 
where they are working on bodily and brain connectivity. Um, And then finally unveiling a plaque to commemorate their visit to the center. Um, And then of course, as always, lots of waving, lots of walking, lots of um, meeting people. I know this podcast is really long, but I do want to share this. We'll talk a lot more about this in the episode that goes up on Tuesday. Um, But (laughs) there are two autonomous communities in Spain that are very um, heavily anti-monarchy, but also kind of just anti being a part of the country of Spain, Um, and the Basque country is one of them. So while previously uh, Felipe and Letizia were able to be a lot closer to the people that came out to see them, um, this was a lot more guarded. There is a lot more police presence, and that is because there were um, substantial protests of the monarchy. Um, Felipe and Letizia were kept very safe. Everything was okay. Um, I will probably talk more about this on um, the Tuesday episode because they are going, it is confirmed, they are going to Catalonia, which is the other autonomous community um, and the one that has the stronger um, animosity towards the royal family and the really nation of Spain in in and of itself. Um, So we'll talk some more about that on Tuesday. Hopefully the episode won't be as long. Um, And so that is it for this podcast. I'm ending on a terrible note. I apologize. Um, But I will be back. Like I mentioned, um, there will be no episodes on Mondays anymore. We're going to go to Tuesday episodes, Tuesday through Saturday. Um, So still talking about all the weekly events, including the weekend. But um, Tuesday's episode is going to be Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And then um, kind of continuing on like normal. So that is what will be going on um, with this podcast starting next week. And I will talk to you all then. Until then, have a great weekend. um, And I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Bye.